What's up, world? It's been a hot second since I've been able to record a podcast or since I've wanted to record a podcast, but you know what? It's Gucci. As long as I never give up, that's all that matters. And that's all besides the point, because guess what? Yesterday, yesterday, doesn't matter the day, I went to see Fresh Market, found at a local market here in Des Moines, Iowa, Silkworm Cooks, Bombix Mori. Farm-raised, individually packed, or individually vacuum-packed. Yes, come through with the chapstick and the silkworm pupa. Okay, so I had to refer to the Insect Cookbook for a Sustainable Planet by Arnold Van Huy, Hank Van Gerp, and Marcel Dick uh, to figure out how to cook these bad boys. And you know, I kind of wanted to read this, this to you. Straight from the book, Silk Moth Pupa in China. The story goes that silk was discovered by the Chinese Empress Zi Ling Shi 5,000 years ago. She found a silk moth cocoon on the mulberry tree in her garden and was able to pull a thread out of the cocoon and wind it around her finger and then use this thread to weave cloth. For centuries, silk clothing was worn exclusively at the imperial court and the Chinese were able to keep the exclusive secret of silk until about the year 6000 CE. Even the Roman history Pliny, Pliny or Pliny? I don't know. Even the Roman historian Pliny, the elder, got it wrong. In the year 78 CE, he wrote in Naturalist Historia that silk grew as a downy layer on the leaves of an exotic Chinese tree and that one could wash the silk off of the leaves with water. In China, revealing the secret of silk was punishable by death they some smart people. Legend has it that monks finally smuggled some moth eggs and mulberry cuttings into Europe in a hollow stick toward the end of the 6th century. Silk moth cocoons are about one inch, that's two to three centimeters long, and are made up of a single thread that can reach up to 3,000 feet in length. That's 900 meters. Two to 3,000 cocoons are needed to make two pounds or one kilogram of silk. When they are ready to pupate, silk moth larvae take about three days to spin the cocoon around themselves. With the yearly worldwide silk production, you can span, uh, you could span 180,000 silk threads from here to the moon. Silk moths have been cultivated for thousands of years. The cultivated silk moth has been bred in such a way that the adult moth, that the adult moth is no longer able to fly. If it were to be allowed to emerge normally from its pupa, the moth would make a hole in the cocoon. So it would, let me go back and make sure I read that right. So it would no longer be possible to unwind the silk thread. Ah, okay. To prevent this, the cocoons are immersed in hot water before the moths can emerge. The silk can then be easily uncoiled. But what do you do with the leftover pupa? Eat them. Their protein content is about 60% and they contain high amounts of unsaturated fats or unsaturated fatty acids such as linoleic and linoleic acids. In China and Vietnam, people roast the cocoons in barbecue. Koreans boil their cocoons. There's boiled and canned silk moth pupa that can be found in many markets in Asia, sometimes prepared in chili sauce. 
These canned pupa can also be barbecued or fried. How do you prepare your silk moth pupa? Just fry them in just fry them in some hot oil. No extra salt or spices needed. They are tasty enough as it is. Straight from the book. Okay, so the first time I had silkworm pupa was at Brooklyn Bugs, where Chef Joseph Yoon created some beautiful dishes, and like it's just some really extravagant looking and tasting dishes. And to, to me personally, and just, it's just an opinion because we all have different taste buds, silkworm pupa tastes like a light cheese. So on that note, what I'm gonna do today for breakfast, and I will have a video, just a small clip video on YouTube um, and on my other social medias, on Entune, where you can get in tune with entomology. I'll post everything in the link, wherever the links may be on here to all my social media so you can reach that video. But I will be making um, scrambled eggs with some mushrooms and some sauteed silkworm all on top of rice. Because when I was a kid growing up for breakfast, sometimes when you ain't got it like that, we just do eggs and rice. But that's besides the point because last time I checked, eggs and rice is still tasty as fudge. So I'm so pumped. I'm trying to figure out what else I could tell y'all. I don't know what else I, I don't know what else I have for you guys besides welcome back from my hiatus. And I hope you stay in tune with entomology and entomophagy. And I think I'm gonna just bounce right now so I can go cook me some breakfast. I'm your host, Von Roach, with the most. Stay in tune, y'all. If you have any questions, feel free to bug me. Ooh, what question do I wanna bug y'all with before I leave? I wanna know if y'all have ever had eggs and rice. That's it. Make a great day.